Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your grace that you have made us into your image. What we do, how we act, and what we would become is the reflection or should be the reflection of who you are. Help us, Lord, to understand our role, to understand the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you have remade us into the image, the visible image of the invisible God, that we may express fully this light that you have given to each one who had put their trust in you to be the light of this world, to show what is the image of this God is like in the body of the Christian. And I pray today, Lord, as we think about our lives in respect to what you have done and what we ought to be, may we live in accordance to your will and in accordance to your word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. With Romans chapter 6, beginning with verse 11. Likewise, Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. I'm going to talk about how do we weaponize our flesh, your physical body, the most destructive weapon known to mankind, the things that it produces and the things that it can do. Everything that you have seen in human history has been the product of the body, the flesh. If only your soul is saved, then why does God care what I do in my body. If we all die anyways, and then our soul gets saved, what does it matter what I do in my body? Why does God care? Can I just believe in God and then live the way I want to, do whatever I want to in my body? And in the end, it's my soul that's saved. My body doesn't matter. It goes back into the earth. Why does it matter? Why our flesh matter? Let's look at the word in this passage in verse 13 here of chapter 6 of Romans. The Greek term for this translation of the word instruments is used six times in five verses and it has three translations. The one translation that we have seen is instruments. Seems to be pretty easy to understand your body as an instrument. The other two terms that the Bible used to translate this word, number one is armor. And then it also is used to translate weapons. Your body and my body can be used as instruments, as armors, or as weapons. The question we have now is, how are we using our flesh presently, right now? Are we using it as a weapon for sin to destroy your own lives and people around you? Or are you using as instruments of God for the salvation of yourself and for others? What you do in your body matters. What you're thinking right now in this chair as it pertains to your body matters as much as what you are, how you are behaving, and what you are doing right now. The Ten Commandments, nine commandments talk about things that you do or should not do except for one. There's only one out of Ten Commandments that God is concerned with what you do inwardly. 
and that is the last commandment: "Thou shalt not covet." That's the only commandment of the Ten Commandments that God is concerned about. What's going on inside? So, of the Ten Commandments, nine of them talks about what you do on the outside. So, what do you think? It's important. What do you think is important to God when He gave us those commandments that we should think and behave like? One deals with the inner, and nine dealt with what we do on the outside. Your flesh matters because it matters. It matters to God. Now, Jesus Christ made the outside and the inside the same. The commandment number seven says, "Thou shalt not commit adultery." But it permitted you to think about adultery in your mind, and it's okay because the commandment of God did not deal with what you're thinking. But Jesus Christ came and He changed all that, and He said, "This: If you think of a woman and have affection for her, you have already committed adultery in your heart." So Jesus Christ complete God's commandment both in the inside and on the outside, because He said, "Clean the inside." And the outside will also be clean, but however, the Christian world today concerned less with what we do on the outside, unfortunately, and more with what we think on the inside. But then, who can see what's going on inside of you? Nobody, except God. But we got so good at lying to ourselves that we think that we are obeying God, but then outwardly we live in sin. And we think, as long as I think well, it's fine. But then Jesus Christ says, "Clean the inside, and the outside will be clean." So your flesh, what you do, how you behave, reflects what's going on in the inside. What you're doing right now is a reflection of what's going on in the inside. And Jesus says, if your inside is clean, your thoughts, then your behavior will also be clean. Talk about why your flesh matters, because first of all, your flesh is the representation of what's going on inside. If you are a hateful person, it doesn't matter what you say. I'm nice. I'm good. Your behavior will show that you are a hateful person. The outside is and will reflect what's going on in the inside. If you are a diligent person, you don't have to say anything. People can see what you do and know that you are diligent. You are hardworking. If you are a lazy person, you don't have to do anything. Well, you won't do anything. How you are inside will reflect on the outside. And let me tell you another perspective of why your flesh matters. In John chapter one verse fourteen, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. The flesh matters because Jesus Christ became flesh. Your flesh matter because Jesus Christ, God, the second person in the Trinity, took on flesh and became just like us. If the flesh didn't matter, if God's only concerned with your soul and not your flesh, then Jesus Christ didn't have to come. He can just be a spirit. But the fact that God sent His Son to incarnate and took on flesh, to God, your flesh matters because His Son, Jesus Christ, became flesh. And what God's intention for you and I, our flesh, is to mirror what Jesus Christ. Has been Jesus Christ is still in the flesh, but Jesus, when he was resurrected, he said, "Come, spirit cannot eat 
You cannot touch spirit. Come, touch me and know that I am resurrected bodily. Jesus Christ right now in the presence of God in the flesh. So the flesh matter because Jesus Christ became incarnate and he is flesh currently. The flesh matter because we are the image of God. We are the physical image of God. While God is spirit, he does not have a body like us. We have been created in this flesh according to the image of God. When God created something and he said it's good, it's good for all eternity. It's not just good then, it's good forever. So when God created you and I in his image, we are created as an image, as a physical image of God, good forever. We are the visual image of God. God does not need to see our body to be able to recognize us. But we need to see God in each other, and therefore we have to have a body. If your body does not reflect God's image, then you are not doing what God has intended for you to be. Because if God created you as the image of God, then it is up to you to show everyone who God is through your life. Are you lazy? Are you diligent? Are you easily angered? Or are you forgiving? Do you have the qualities that Jesus Christ possessed? Look at Jesus Christ. He is the physical image of God. Are you living in sin? It's okay before you're baptized. But after you're baptized, you should not be living in sin. I trust you when you say you want to be baptized. I trust what you say is true. And when we baptize you in the church, you come out of that water and you should stop living like a sinner because Jesus Christ does not live like that. His body, his flesh, his life, he said, come and see. There's nothing hidden about him. Come and see. I would encourage you and I would challenge you to behave the same way. Can someone walk into your room and take a look? Will you be embarrassed? Is your life a reflection of the clarity and the honesty and the perfection of Jesus Christ? Or there is something in your life that you don't want anyone to see. Jesus Christ lived openly. Come and see. Come and see, the Son of Man. Come and see. We are the image of God, and Jesus Christ came to restore that image because we live in this darkness for so long. We hide so many things, and we live in sin. We live in this wretchedness. And Jesus Christ came, and he restored. He said, this is the image of God. Watch me. Learn of me. Become what I am, so that the image of God can be restored, so that people, men, you and I, we can be saved when we behold who? You can't see the invisible God. You can see the visible Christ. When he is lifted up, men look at him, and we are saved because we see his body. We see this man, Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, Colossians 1.15. Jesus Christ incarnate in the flesh. He became the firstborn of all those who are born in Christ. The question is, you have been baptized in Christ. Do you bear the same image of the Savior? Do you bear the image of the Son of God? That is my question to you. Your life right now, your life as you live right now, is it the same life that Jesus Christ lived? Now I say, we're not perfect, but is that the direction that you go to? If you know that you are living in sin, are you willing to stop? Are you fighting this flesh? Are you saying, no, I cannot continue to live like this because it's wrong? Jesus Christ is the firstborn. He is that fruit. He's that seed that is in us. 
And if we are to be Jesus Christ, then we need a change. We need to head toward that direction. We cannot continue to live in sin and say, yeah, it's okay. You bear the image of God. You are Jesus Christ to people. You're going around and proclaim, I'm a Christian. And they look at you and they say, wait a minute. Would Christ do that? We see God's glory in all of creation. All creation reflects God's glory, with the exception of one. Thus, every creature you see reflects God's image. Every creature, every creation, because they cannot disobey God. They cannot disobey God. They have to. They have been throughout the creation, with exception to one creation that can disobey God and have disobeyed God. Well, maybe two. Me. Human, we can disobey God. The other one is the angels. So all of creation, besides thinking beings, obey God. And we have become disobedient. Therefore, we need a savior. Now, the difference between man and angel is what? Jesus Christ. That's the difference. Jesus Christ did not die for angels. Jesus Christ died for you and I. The angel has no salvation. We do. We can become like Christ, but the angels cannot be because Jesus Christ did not take on the form of an angel. So whatever religion out there that says Jesus Christ is an angel, that is not the religion of God. Jesus Christ took on flesh. He took on the form of man to save us. And he became obedient. And through his obedience, we can see glimpses of the image of God. And Jesus Christ came so that he can restore the image of God in each one of us that we can become Christ. And when he says, learn of me, that's what we need to do to restore the image of God. Secondly, we need the flesh. The flesh matters because the flesh is the temple of God where the Holy Spirit resides. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, you are the temple of God. Think about this. Even the angels are not the temples of God, but we are the temple of God where the Holy Spirit is at. Imagine yourself as the temple of God. Now, the Bible says this, if you defile the temple of God, he will destroy you. Anyone who has not Jesus Christ is defiling the temple of God because God created us in his image to be the temple of God. And sin had corrupted this temple. And Jesus Christ is restoring this temple so that the Holy Spirit can dwell in you. The next time you're thinking about defiling your body, think about your body as the temple of God. The next verse says, If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Are you holy? Is your body holy? Is it the sanctity of the Holy Spirit dwell in your body? Are you that sanctified body, temple of God? What you do in your body affects this temple. The Holy Spirit is dwelling in you and you get mad and you curse someone and you lie and you cheat 
and you commit murder, adultery, lying, stealing, all those things, those works defile the temple. How is it defiled the temple? We are God's temple, meaning people look at us and they see, they should see the worship of God. If they look at us and they see the product of the flesh or of the devil misrepresenting God to people, we are defiling God's name. What you do in your body matters because you are the temple of God. What about stuff you eat and drink? Does that matter? So what you do, what you eat, what you drink, how you take care or not take care of this body also matter. Think about the temple of God in the Old Testament. Think about the kind of food that is inside the temple. What kind of food is allowed to be taken inside the temple? Think about that. The next time you eat something and you drink something, if you are physically the temple of God and the priests are not allowed to bring in food that has not been ordained by God, then we shouldn't bring into this body because there is no more physical temple besides the ones that are sitting in these chairs. Let alone, we take in strange fires. Those desires, the sin, bring into the temple of God. You cannot do that. Romans 7.27 says, So then with my mind, I myself serve the law of God. Your mind matters. What you think matters. Jesus Christ made this, this very clear. What you think matters to God. And then he went on to say, But with my flesh, I also have a law, and that is the law of sin. I should not sin with my flesh. So with our minds, we submit to the law of God in studying, reading the word of God, in obeying the word of God, and with your body, you should not sin. Submit to the law of sin. Serve the law of God through your mind and also your flesh. Everything you do matters. The body matters because your flesh is the body of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the head and you are, we are his body. And when you come together in the church like this, every one of us are members of the same body. We are the same body of Jesus Christ. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. Jesus Christ, when he took on flesh, he took on the flesh just like us, the way that God has created and because he took on the same flesh that we have, we are automatically have the image of God. Now, the difference is how we live our life and how Christ lives our life separates, whether we are the true image of God or we are the corrupted image of God. When Christ ascended, he is still the head of the body, meaning everyone who is in Christ is in his body. And every one of us are members of the same body. Can you raise your thumb up? I want you to bite it really hard. Can you do it? Your thumb is a member of your body. Though it's possible, but it's hard for you to injure it, to cause harm to it. But in the body of Jesus Christ, how do we treat each other? Is it easy for us to injure another person? You say, well, I never hurt anyone. Do you say something that's untrue about someone? Do you slander someone? Do you hate someone? Do you resent someone? Did you not forgive someone? Do you wish that when you come to church, they're not here? You see, if, 
if that is possible, if you are the same member of Christ's body, if that's true, then you would have been able to bit your thumb. But you didn't. You couldn't. We are members of Christ's body because of flesh matter. Imagine you come here and no one is here. We just have to believe that everyone would show up. We are members of Christ's body because our presence, our physical presence matter. How we interact with each other. The, the Bible says when someone is sick, lay hand on them. It's a physical touch that the law commands us to lay hand on someone and pray for them. The body of Jesus Christ is the church. The body of Jesus Christ is every person in this room. Our relationship to each other, how we interact, how we behave, how we treat each other matters. And when you say something that is uplifting, that's encouraging, you cause someone to smile. That smile is a physical expression of something that they have received. Through pain, suffering, members of their family die, we share in the sadness with them. We cry. That is a physical manifestation of our relationship with each other. Your flesh matters because we are all from the same body. Imagine if Daniel bit his thumb really hard. If we are truly a member, then we would all cry and put a cast on him so that he can't put his thumb in his mouth anymore because it hurts everybody here. That's how we should treat each other. And the body matters because we are all one. The flesh. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that everyone should, everyone of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. God has not called you to uncleanness. God has not called you to defilement. Not God has not called you to do whatever you want to do. But God has called you to sanctification and honor. Our flesh should be sanctified and should be honored. Is that how we live our lives? Is your flesh honorable? Is your flesh holy? Is your flesh clean? The message of God is clear. The Christian should live a holy, sanctified life. There is no other way to live our lives as Christians. Number one, we are to glorify God. 1 Corinthians 6.20 For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. This is how we should glorify God. Now, when somebody say, well, I think about God. I glorify God in my mind. That's not what the scriptures say. The scriptures say glorify God in your body, in your flesh. What we do in in the flesh matters to the soul, matters to state of grace. We were created to glorify God. Okay, so glorify God in your body, in your spirit. What you think and how you behave in the flesh matters. It matters to the glorification of God. Secondly, your flesh is an instrument of love. You cannot think about love. You have to feel love. You might think that you can think and you can have love in your thoughts only. Here's, here's what the Apostle Paul says. The love of God passes all knowledge. Meaning it's beyond our knowledge to comprehend love. And I'll give you another reason why we can't think about love and we must touch and feel love. For God so loved the world that he sent his son. 
a physical manifestation of God's love in the physical body of Jesus Christ. Love is embodied. We love each other in the flesh. At the dinner table with my dad, I can feel his love. I can touch him. There is a relationship that requires the body, the physical body. Maybe your husband or your, your wife, and you stay apart for, from each other for a long time. What happened to the love? You might think that you still love the person. We need the body to love each other. We need the body to be able to convey or to, to send or to love someone. And we need the body to receive love. Christ's flesh is the access to God's love. God sent the flesh of Jesus Christ, the body of Jesus Christ, so that through him, through his flesh, we can love. But you say, but Jesus Christ is gone. So how do I feel or how do I obtain God's love now that Jesus Christ is gone? Jesus Christ is not gone. His body is still here. The church is still here. This is the body of Jesus Christ. We love each other, and through our love for each other, the love of Jesus Christ permeates in our lives. The church is the instrument of God's love. Ephesians 4.16, For whom the whole body is fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working and in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto edifying of itself in love. We are all part of each other. We connect with each other, and that connection with each other is love. Love is what binds us together. The body of Jesus Christ is bound together. The glue that makes us the body of Jesus Christ is our love for each other, and we need the body. Right? If Sophia is not there, you would be sad. She can be there in the spirit, but you still be sad. She needs to be there physically for you to enjoy her. Right? The body requires a physical presence. So next time you think, your church doesn't need me to be there, I'll be there in the spirit. Think about that. Jaina disappeared from between Kimmy and V. Doesn't matter how much they conjure her image there, it's not the same. Okay, the physical presence, your physical presence makes every difference in the physical body of Jesus Christ. Your body matters. It's part of the church. Without you here, it's empty. Okay? It's empty without you. Lastly, you need your body because one day you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. In your body. Not in your mind, not in your spirit, not in your soul. Everyone will appear before the judgment seat of Christ in his and her body. You need your body. You need to appear before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. What you do matters. You say, I have time for God right now. I'll just have time for God. Maybe I'll think about God when I'm on my deathbed. Let's, let's look at that. That is why you see people risk their lives. They give up their livelihood. They give up their jobs. They give up their families. They go into the service of God. And then there are some people who say, hey, I don't care. I'll, I'll show up whenever I have time. I don't show up. And it's okay because in, in the end, my soul matters to God. My body doesn't matter. But here... And let me show you why this is not the case with God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all, no exceptions, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body. Not his spirit, not his soul, his body. What you do, what you do right now, what you do in the future, matters. What you don't do also matters. Because we, everyone will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. 
I'm okay going to funerals. I'm okay citing the scripture. But I'm not responsible for what you do in your body. So if the person says that they believe in God, I'll baptize you. If the person dies and says they die in God and they're part of the church, I'll do your funeral. But then that person will stand before Jesus Christ and answer for everything that you do in the flesh. I'm not the judge. Jesus Christ is the judge. What you do in your body matters. And here, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Everything. Your body will need to answer to Jesus Christ on that day before the judgment seat of Christ. How you live your life, what you do with your time, the things that we say, the things that we lie, the things that we do, God judge or devotion, the pursuit to God, or the abandonment of the church and of God. Do you read the Bible? It's not just because you don't have time to read the Bible. It's that that time that you're supposed to be devoted to God and you're not. That is also taken into account. Not that you do, but that you didn't. Everything we do in the flesh, we must give an account before the Lord. In Ecclesiastes 12.14, For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good, whether it be evil. Everything. God will bring it up, and you stand there in the flesh before God, answering to all these things that God will bring up before the judgment seat of Christ. Your body matters. You need your body. What you do in the worship of God, were you paying attention to God or not? You answer that before God. It's not up to you to determine for ourselves how we should live. God has defined how we should live clearly. There's only one way, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You follow the Lord Jesus Christ, then you will not be judged. God created us to glorify him. Everyone will be accountable for everything that they have done in their body. Right now, what are you doing? Are you glorifying God through your thoughts of him, your worship of him, or are you busy with other things? Are, is your mind latched onto something else? And whereas you're supposed to be part of the body in worshiping God, you're somewhere else. Your mind, your thought, your affection is somewhere else. You will have to answer that with the Lord. But the Lord Jesus Christ gave us some good news. This is what he said. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's a good thing that your flesh is weak. Let me tell you why that's a good thing. Your flesh is weak, then you can dominate it. You can overcome it. When I'm saying the flesh here, I'm saying your desire to do things that are not pleasing to God. Because your flesh is weak, you can shape it. You can make it. You can, you can overpower it and cause it to do the things that God wants you to do. Are you tired? Are you weary? You can do something about that. Go to sleep earlier. Drink coffee. There are things that you can do because your flesh is weak, you can overcome it. Have you yielded the flesh to become the destructive weapons for the devil? Is the devil using you? Think about that when you're in the body or when you're outside the body. The things that you do, is it encouraging the church? Is it encouraging your siblings, your friends, or is it discouraging? And that, you will answer to God before that. And God said, what have you done? You took my word seriously. Paul says, I run not in vain. I want to win. The apostle Paul says that. But someone else says, eh, he's fanatical. He studies too much. He's making us look bad. 
that word that you say is discouraging to the people around, and you will have to answer to God before God with those words or with those thoughts. So what you do matter. Well, Michelle, yesterday she went up here and she recited from memory Psalm one. She doesn't have to do that. But why does she do that? Make us realize that there is a life of devotion that is acceptable to God. And when she stands before God, God said, "Good job, well done, my good and faithful servant." Now I challenge you. What's next? First John one. I would say James two. And if you really want to challenge yourself, Psalm seventy-eight. The Apostle Paul says, "Cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light." In Romans thirteen twelve, the flesh should serve God as instruments of righteousness. We should not use our flesh as weapons for the the devil. And when you put on the armor of light, when you put on the righteousness of God, then your life is meaningful and purposeful for the Lord. Let me end with this verse in Second Corinthians ten five: We should use our flesh for God. We should use our flesh as instruments of righteousness for God, and we should use it to destroy the works of the enemy, of the devil. That's what God has called us to do. That's what you and I we should do. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this body that you have created in your image, and that you have died and resurrected, so that we can have a body that we can use to glorify God. That we can use to shine the light in this life that we live. That we can use to destroy the works of darkness and to bring the light of glory to every person, every soul, every being in this life. May our lives be an example of Jesus Christ. May our lives be glorious in the face of this darkness, so that they can see the light of Jesus Christ shining in each one of us and coming to the knowledge of salvation, and that you would save them. May we live in accordance to the way and in the path of the Lord Jesus Christ. May we cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, so that our lives will be used by you as instruments of righteousness, of holiness, and of love. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.